Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Capitalize Your Fridays. I'm Taylor McGowan, Senior Wealth Design Specialist at Altius Financial, and I'm joined by my co-worker and founder of Altius Financial, Mike Williams. Hey, everybody. Hey, so we are headed into wedding season. It's it's like early May, and I know I, I feel like June comes by and everyone's trying to grab wedding dates, and so love is in the air. So we're kind of thinking today we want to talk about what it looks like integrating finances and future plans. There's really no one way fits all, but I, I think that having an advisor's perspective of some tips and tricks can really be helpful for building a joint financial plan. Yeah, it's an interesting topic, and I think we'll, uh, we'll have some fun delving into it. First of all, though, we need to have a quick reminder that any discussion that we have on our podcast is not meant to be direct advice for anyone individual or not. We recommend reaching out to your own financial team or even better, reaching out to us directly if you're looking for some specific investment and financial advice. If you're looking for a financial team or direct advice on your planning, feel free to reach out to either myself or Taylor. Uh, you can reach us at our email addresses, taylor at altiusfinancial.com or myself at michael at altiusfinancial.com. That's A-L-T-I-U-S financial.com. Or check out the website, www.altiusfinancial.com. Great. So to merge or not to merge, that is the question. <laughs> I think... I don't know. Now, I don't, you, when you were when you were putting that together, do you, were you saying to merge your finances or just to merge, you know, just the, <laughs> the relationship merge or not? Well, I think it's kind of everything. It's are you looking at your future and your present as more of a team, or are you looking at it as two cohabitating existing individuals who who don't really want to to merge parts of your life? Are are you looking at your goals and um, your day to day spending? as one unit, or are you looking at as, okay, I got my 50%, you got your 50%. Let's, let's just go on as we are. So this kind of applies to both romantic relationships where you're definitely involved with somebody, but also maybe not just friends who are living together too. Yeah. I, I think it could definitely apply to friends as well. I mean, um, you're maybe not setting up like joint accounts, but how do you decide who pays what or how much of portions of like rent and utilities and that kind of stuff does it everyone pay for and how do you decide that I mean I know when I had my my last roommate we were deciding okay well I'll pay the Xfinity bill and then you pay the Netflix and we just kind of negotiated like oh I pay this much of rent but yours is a little bit less if my room is a little bigger or and like I said in the intro, no one size fits all. I think it really just depends on your relationship with that person that you're interacting with and what you guys are comfortable with. Yeah, definitely. It's important. Uh, you know, I, I've heard a quote recently a number of times and from different sources that the best relationships oftentimes are made up of hard conversations. And it's sometimes these hard com conversations about, okay, how how are we going to figure this out? What, what do we want to do? How do we want to plan together um, or not? You know, how are we going to manage money together or not, or to what degree? Um, those are, those are important questions for any relationship. Yeah, exactly. And so that's, that's kind of where we came up with, okay, 
to merge or not to merge? Are you, do you need to combine finances? Do you need to combine planning? Um, and really, are there any benefits of doing so? So Mike, I'm going to hit a hard hitting question. Are you, do you and Valerie combine finances or do you and your daughters combine finances at all? Oh, well, you're coming out with is that the something big you want to share? <laughs> no, I'm fine. Sure. And as, as our clients know, I, I have, uh, I've been through a divorce. Um, and so that's, you know, I have a lot of experience from that standpoint and you're engaged now and, and looking forward to get married here in the fall. So it's important for us to share our, our experiences. Um, in terms of my kids, uh, you know, I, I am still to some degree or another supportive of them. They're, you know, my youngest is 19 she's enrolled in college. So I'm still paying for a lot of stuff and she's working and, and, you know, trying to help out and those kinds of things. My older daughters are a little bit more independent, but um, I do think if you have a child living at home and they're an adult, it's important to have those arrangements be explicit. You and I have talked with many clients who have that situation um, where we offer not legal advice, but, where we offer some templates that we've come up with in terms of just agreements that they can say, all right, well, let's, let's figure out what our agreement is. What's the length of the time that you're going to be living at home with me and what kinds of expectations do I have for you? I think the same thing. We have an agreement for kids who are in college, you know, what, what's the expectation, who's going to pay for what, who's going to pay for tuition versus who's going to pay for maybe car insurance or other kinds of bills. Is the parent still responsible for everything or is the kid going to be paying for lots of that or, do they get scholarships? Uh, how are they, you know, what kind of uh, um, grade point average is expected? All those kinds of things are expectations. And I think the same thing applies to uh, a young adult who's now living with their parents. That's different. I mean, uh, and as you, you asked about Valerie and I, um, now we aren't doing any kind of uh, joint management of our finances at this point. Um, you know, we're not that far into our relationship at least, at, you know, we're maybe we're at that point where we're talking about it, but we're not, we're not uh, uh, living together or sharing expenses in that way. Uh, both of us make pretty good money. And so we're uh, happy buying each other dinner and uh, gifts and things like that. But we don't, we don't have any joint budget right now. Yeah. Well, and I, I wonder, is it different at different ages? So, because um, you guys are both, yeah, you're, like you said, you're both financially independent and very successful. Um, I think what your individual income looks like is a little different than what me and my fiance's individual income would look like. So for us, I feel there's a benefit of combining because that puts you in a, in a different income category, to, so to say. It's If you're looking at it as one picture, you're like, okay, well, now we can put this much to savings as a team and we can put this much chart day-to-day -day spending as a team versus, okay, well, I can only put this much as an individual. And if, I guess the greater of the two parts in my perspective seems to have been a better strategy just to look at the whole picture, but I do, I mean, you could definitely have still split, but I'm wondering well, if, if on a smaller income scale, if it, um, there is that, there is better. that incentive in a sense, there is that perspective. Uh, I remember being in your shoes and and making similar decisions. Um, there's always that kind of, I mean, no matter who it is um, and what they're making, you can be more efficient financially 
by combining forces. And you and I have, we won't talk about any specific clients, but you and I, you know, we talk about talk with clients who are, who are in a similar situation, maybe to Valerie and I, or to you and Dave, um, where they maybe will do better off financially if they're combining incomes and, and making things more efficient. Um, there are times when I wonder why, you know, clients might not do that, you know, combine things, but the financial part is not the only thing, you know, there, when it, whenever you, uh, start making those kinds of plans as a couple, there's more to it than just the money. And I know most of what we're going to talk about today is just the finances. Uh, and certainly if you're combining a household, two people can live less expensively than one on their own or two separate people. Um, that's with regard to food and electricity. And, you know, if you turn lights on a house, um, you know, both people are, you know, as long as they can live together and they, (laughs) they, they can share that lighting. But if you have two different electric bills, because you're supporting two different households, there's a whole different issue. And, And certainly, as I said, you know, having, uh, a combined household and combined finances can be more efficient. And that's yeah. oftentimes, like, like I said, an incentive for people to do that. You know, you, you get close to someone, you go, okay, well, let's, we can make, make more progress uh, and be more efficient with our finances by combining them. Yeah, definitely. But I think, like you were saying, that it does kind of root from how does everything else align? Are, are you growing your relationship? Are you setting personal and emotional and savings goals together that would lead you to say, okay, let's, let's actually look at this as, as a one unit versus, oh, we're, we're just fine on our own. We don't, we don't need to merge things. Yep. Yep. And it also depends on uh, the, something that comes up oftentimes is if one person's making a lot more, a lot less, or has more debt or has more assets that certainly can be an issue that you ha- they have to work through as well. Uh, do both people have the same level of sophistication with regard to money? Or does one person have a greater understanding of how money and investing works? Um, those are definitely issues that, that can kind of come up as both hurdles and opportunities. Yeah. Well, and one of the quotes that you always say for our clients is all progress starts with the truth. So I think kind of the first step in all of this is looking at, okay, what, what does the day-to-day look like for me? I think if people are saying, hey, should I be putting like a joint budget together? Maybe you want to look at, okay, well, what is your monthly budget and what is the other person's monthly budget? Because oftentimes those could be two drastically different things, regardless of like, you could have matching income and still spend different money on different things because your money is really directed at your priorities. So for me, if you checked my budget and if, if you weren't even looking at what Dave spends, most of it goes towards food. And that's because food and cooking and eating and um, engaging in that way is kind of my happy place. And so you would be like, why is her grocery bill twice as expensive than maybe one of my close friends? But then maybe you'd say, oh, well, maybe she, my friend gets her nails done more and I do mine myself so that I can spend more money on groceries. <laughs> so you're think- so smart. I mean, uh, it's uh, <laughs> that, and maybe it's cause you're quoting me, you know, that, 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 <laughs> that idea of, of uh, all progress starting with the truth is something I, I believe very strongly. I think 
um, uh, you can't make progress until you go, okay, here's where I'm at right now. Here's, here's what the current situation is, whether it's a budget or where I am emotionally with regard to the relationship and so forth. Yeah. You have to be uh, realistic about it and, and you have to share, you have to say, you know, here's, here's where I am and here's where you are and let's make sure we're communicating about it. So I think, I think that's one of the biggest things. And, you know, I said all good relationships you know, stem from sometimes having hard conversations. It's, it doesn't have to be hard, but it can be, you know, difficult for lots of people to share their values. Like you said, some, some person, some people might want to spend more on food or, or like you said, your value or happy places is engaging with food and being creative with food. And I don't know, maybe Dave's isn't, maybe it's a whole different thing, but it doesn't matter how simpatico people are, how, how, uh, how compatible they are in terms of their relationship. They're going to have some different values. That's what makes it an interesting to have a relationship with somebody else is they're not a clone of you. They, they, they represent maybe a lot of values that you have in terms of someone uh, to live with or to be with or to be romantic with, but it doesn't mean that they have all the same interests. And uh, it, you know, you and I have looked at lots of clients budgets, lots of clients spending habits, and it doesn't matter. Uh, there's always a difference in values and, and trying to, to negotiate and, and understand the other person's values. Okay. This is what's a priority for you. This, you like spending money on these things and I don't necessarily value that, but I have these things over here. And that's, that's an important part of negotiating a relationship. Yeah. Definitely. Speaking from experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I totally agree. And I, and I think in a similar outline, like you're saying, you got to start with the clarity. So oftentimes, I mean, most people in present generation have some kind of debt. And I think that's probably one of the hardest things to come into relationship with is to say, oh, hey, I maybe still have a student loan, or maybe I just started a business. So I have a business loan and looking at, okay, how does that fit into our picture? Because and maybe you don't have any debt at all. Maybe you, your car is paid off, your student loans are covered. Um, maybe you don't have anything at all, but maybe um, your spouse or your spouse's best friend, or there's likely someone in one of your relationships that you're close with that's going to come in and say, well, I've, I've got to make some kind of additional monthly payment. And what does that look like? And how does that factor into our relationship and um, how we move forward? Absolutely. And what is the timeline on that? Because the other thing is people can look at it and go, oh gosh, like you've got a, I don't know, $500 car payment, but in three years, you won't have that. So what, what is your strategy for maybe capturing those funds going forward? And is that something that you guys as a team have discussed yet? Yeah, that's an important point too, because sometimes it's viewed as a negative. One person might have more debts uh, than the other person, um, but if you're looking opportunistically about, okay, how far out is that? And, and do we have a plan to make sure we're paying that down? And, and, you know, how do we capture that income once yeah. the debts are paid off? Uh, looking at it opportunistically is really important. Yeah. So I, I'm guessing that people who are listening to this are probably thinking, okay, well, if I've been in a relationship with someone or if I'm, if I have this kind of yeah relationship, what, what's really the timing? And I don't know if you have an answer for that or if you want me to give my answer. You mean answer. the timing in terms of when you start to do the com combination? Yeah. Or have those conversations? Yeah, when to have the you know, conversation. It's interesting. I, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I, th <laughs> I think sometimes people, if they have some uh, relationship baggage, as anyone who's been through a divorce might, 
um, you know, you might be sort of gun shy to bring that up. And, and uh, um, I think uh, that goes back to the point, the, the stage of life someone is in, you mentioned that before, when someone's, you know, uh, well into their career and they're doing fine, they're independent and they've, they're used to managing their money the way they want, um, then they maybe can put off that conversation and they don't need to have it as soon, but I think it's important. And, you know, I'm, I'm, as we're sitting here, I'm thinking about myself, but I'm also thinking about you and, and clients or even my daughters as examples, you know, when, when would I say, you know, my daughter should start to bring that up or have that conversation? I, I don't know. I don't know that there's any perfect answer. I think it depends on how serious, serious the relationship is. And if you're talking about cohabitating, you know, the, there are legal agreements uh, that people, I recommend, you know, I do recommend people, uh, if they're going to live with someone, have a cohabitation agreement. And, you know, you and I've talked before about should uh, um, uh, people who are engaged, should they consider to have a, a prenuptial agreement or something like that, depending upon the, you know, the various aspects, aspects of their finances. I think the more serious the relationship is, the more urgent it is that one has that. And, and I, uh, the milestone, I think, is, you know, are we going to be living in the same residence and how are we splitting those bills? Yeah, and I, I would totally agree. I think there, if people said, oh, when is the right time? I think it's when you start planning together as a team. So when you're saying, okay, we want to live together or we want to buy a car together, buy a house together. When you're starting to think about your day-to-day -day life as a couple or yeah, as a team between the two of you, that's when you want to start saying, okay, well, what does this look like from a financial aspect? And is this something where we want to just discuss how we divide things or are we looking at how to really bring things together? Mm-hmm. And it's different these days, you know, um, you, certainly there's the, there are the traditional household of, uh, you know, maybe this is going back a ways, but there was a time where oftentimes the male was the quote breadwinner and the, and the female was the one who was, uh, you know, running the household and potentially uh, doing the caregiving of the kids and all that kind of stuff. That's a different world. Uh, more often than not, you have two people come together who are more equal or potentially equal in the way of earnings and certainly equal in the way of they think of themselves uh, as partners in the relationship. Um, and that independence is sometimes harder to maintain in a relationship. And that's, that's the key thing is, can you, can you have a joint relationship where you're working toward mutual goals, both financially and otherwise, but also maintain a sense of, okay, I have control over my life. My spouse isn't judging or controlling me um that's that's important yeah no, definitely well and that's yeah i think that even gets down to the the most valuable asset you have which is really your time and so then you're deciding okay well am i spending all my time with you or how do i spend my time or what what kind of expectations do i have of of the time that i have on this earth and how do I allocate that? Because all of a sudden, if you are living together or, um, in a serious relationship, maybe that person says, oh, well, I, I thought that our agreement was you spend it all day every day with me. 
And in some situations it's, no, I see you once a week and I'll see you on Tuesdays. See you next Tuesday, <laughs> you know? Make an appointment. My people will get a hold of your people and then we can see each other. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, and again, that comes back to just whether it works, whether it's it's a mutual thing, whether both people are agreeing that this is how I want it to be. Are you meeting each other's needs? Yeah. And um, so you, I think that's really important to bring up. It's not just about money. In fact, maybe it's not even primarily about money, although money is sort of like the symptomatic thing. That's money. This is what one of the reasons why I love the field that we're in, because you know financial planning is oftentimes where the rubber meets the road. It's where sort of the the... Um, goals and aspirations and abstractions that a person has in their own mind about how they want to live has to meet reality of, okay, do I have the resources? Do I, am I willing to pay the price, whether it's pay a financial price or a time price, like you mentioned? Um, That's one of the reasons why I like this business so much is because it's, it's both that sort of philosophical abstract goal, spiritual aspect of our lives, but no, it's actually comes, comes down to, you know, how do we make this happen? How does it get real? Uh, but again, that, that does require some, some honesty and, and hard conversations sometimes. So yeah. what do you, um, what are you thinking in terms of concretes? When we talk about uh, investing and banking and managing debt, um, how do you think of this, Taylor, in terms of it being a pro to do it, you know, combine things or a con to combine things? What do you, how do you think of that? Especially since you're kind of, you know, you're digesting this right now in a real time situation. And again, not, you know, neither of us want to necessarily uh, get too personal in terms of our own situation, but, you know. Yeah, I, I don't want Dave listening to this and going, oh my gosh, you're just venting about <laughs> all the problems or something. <laughs> um, I, I think for, at least for my personal situation, it's been helpful because we, we have always been really on the same page. I think jumping back to that quote, all progress starts with the truth. I think as a team, we went into this saying, okay, what are the realities of our situation? Um, what are the realities of what it costs for us to live day to day? What are some goals that we have and things that we want? And then how do we set up a plan to realize that? And so, I mean, pros are, it can be a great way to really look at things in a bigger picture. It could be a great way to connect, um, a great opportunity to reach higher goals than you would on your own. Cons are, yeah, it can be hard, such hard discussions. It can be hard to say, oh, uh, my car's not all the way paid off yet. So that has to go into the budget every month. Or um, I don't know, like I've, I've talked about wanting to become a business owner. And so saying, hey, I want to make sure that this is where I'm putting my time, my energy, and possibly some of our savings in the future. So cons are, it can definitely be uh, hard discussions. It's it, money isn't the key, but it's definitely, it's something that you need to use to reach certain goals. And so um, it really does bring out a lot of emotion. Absolutely. Definitely. Um, But I think personally, it's if you can have those discussions and be on the same side about them, then it it can lead you to a better overall outcome. Absolutely. And, and, um, you know, our podcast is meant to explore these um, subjects, these topics, but also to be somewhat self-promotional. Um, 
we feel like we're a good resource to sometimes facilitate that conversation with people. Yeah. Um, whether, whether they're, you know, just starting out in a relationship or they've been married or cohabitating for, for decades, you know, being able to go back and say, okay, what are the, what are the strengths of our relationship? What are the, you know, the things that bring us together, the values that are overlapping and, and let's make sure we build upon those, but also having someone who's outside of yourself to be objective and help negotiate that. And who's, who's uh, hopefully a good resource for both people in the relationship to, to help make progress, you know, make progress on the joint goals that you do have. In that regard, we have a lot of tools. Um, you know, budgeting can sound like a really boring thing, but it can be fun to, to go through as a detective and, and say, you know, how am I spending money? Is this really reflective of the values that I have? How is my partner spending money? Is this something that I was aware of and, and, and know that this is important to them and, and how can I be supportive of what, what they're trying to accomplish? Yeah. Well, and it's um, continuing on that with us saying that, okay, we have great resources. It can be helpful to recalibrate. I think a bunch of you can say, oh, well, we had this discussion and it was a year ago and we set up a budget and, and now we're just living. And I can't figure out why we didn't save as much as we thought we did, or I can't figure out why this isn't going exactly as I thought it was. And that's because oftentimes you got to do the hard work of coming back and recalibrating. You can say, hey, here's what we think it costs to live on. Um, but maybe actually going in and like having a program that tracks, oh, here's what we really did spend on food, or here's what we really did spend on eating out or going to baseball games or going on hiking trips or um, regular travel. Like a lot of times you can say, Hey, here, here's what I think it's going to cost. But at the end of the day, if you're not putting in like a margin for error, and if you're not really going back and double checking that you could find that you're putting yourself off a little bit each year. And ultimately you might not hit the mark that you thought you were going to hit because you do get so far off on your planning. Yeah. I like how you use that word, Taylor, the recalibration is important. It, 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 it basically is allowing for the fact that you can't see the future. No one knows how things are going to work out. And so you have a plan and you work the plan and then you go back and say, is this plan working? You know, yeah. you do that. It's a part of life is just coming back to uh, a place of um, peace with where you're at right now. And that recalibration is part of that saying, okay, well, you know, like in the example of an exercise goal, okay, well, I had this goal to, you know, to do this many push-ups or whatever. And now I'm saying, okay, did, did I meet that goal? And let me recalibrate. Okay. Well, maybe I didn't do as many as I thought I was going to do, but I've done some and, and, you know, I'm making some progress. So recalibration or acknowledging the progress you've made or acknowledging where you're at right now is really important. I think that's that's a really good point because sometimes people feel like, okay, got to have this perfect plan. You know, I've got to have this perfect, perfect relationship, perfect plan, perfect future. Wait, it yeah. didn't work out quite that way. So let me come back and, and recalibrate or, or reset, you know, to, to where, where I want to be uh, for, for more progress. Yeah, definitely. And, and then if you find that you're not where you thought you were, so if you said, um, oh, I thought that this is what it was going to cost for me to, I don't know, go on a trip and I planned it to the T and I thought that this was exactly what it was going to be. If you find that you're maybe over that or under that, um, I mean, maybe you go, okay, oh, that stinks, but I mean, continue to move forward, say, okay, well, 
does that mean we spent too much or does that mean we just need to save more for the next trip? Because now we know that this is what it really costs to do this kind of this level of travel that we enjoy. So don't necessarily beat yourself up over one little mishap, but take that time to kind of say, okay, well, maybe we were wrong with our initial plan. We Part of what we do is we'll prepare financial plans for clients, but oftentimes when we're actually presenting that financial plan, we tell them that, hey, this is the baseline. This is what, what we thought, and there are a ton of variables here, but maybe something will change. Maybe you have another kid, or maybe returns are higher or lower, and so we want to make sure that we come back and recalibrate, because if something does change, then maybe you want to change your base plan. Absolutely. So what about, uh, in your mind, who's the initiator of the hard co conversations? I mean, um, are you, or is it David? Again, maybe I don't, we don't need to talk about you personally, but um, who's the one who should be bringing it up? Is it always the same person who's going, all right, we got to talk about our budget or we need to talk about, you know, the, the uh, spending, how we're doing, how we're doing our goals. Let's talk about the investments. Should it be one person who's always got that role? Is that a division of labor that works in certain relationships? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, that, that is a great question. I do think it's hard to, I think if you're just coming in and saying, hey, I want to talk about budgets, that can be very hard and that can sometimes push people away even to say, hey, no, let's start talking about our budget. Your significant other could say, oh gosh, like, what is this? This is too fast, too soon. I'd say jokingly, the, the start to these is oftentimes alcohol <laughs> because I think most, most of I guess most of the people in my age group will say, oh yeah, we have this hard conversation after we had a couple glasses of wine or something like that. So I think, um, but even on a even more simple situation, I would say the start to that is comfort. I think if you feel comfortable in a situation, then, then either you or your spouse will, or significant other will feel comfortable to say, hey, let's, let's have a more in-depth conversation. So if I'm like, I think Dave and I, it, the discussion came up, I think, in a car when we decided to start doing joint budgeting. I think he casually said, oh, a family friend said that since we're doing everything together, why don't we just do this? And it was because we had such a like comfortable relationship where that could just come up casually. But I think you you can make it a casual thing. You can just be eating burritos or tacos or something and say, hey, um, I noticed we bought these groceries together. Is that something we want to keep doing? We, we bought the ingredients for these tacos together. Do we want to buy all of our ingredients together? Maybe tie it into something that you're doing to kind of take the edge off of it. But I think it can be anyone. It, I am a very, I'm a pretty direct person. So of course, when Dave said, hey, let's, let's do this. I'm pulling out an Excel sheet and saying, okay, well, I have my list of what it costs me to live. What, what does it cost you to live? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he gave yeah. you the opening and you're like, all right, here we go. Yeah. I, I get an inch. I'd take a mile. <laughs> well, but that's something else I was talking about and not just for, you know, for new couples, but um, yeah. you know, for people who've had a relationship for a long time, what's appropriate. You know, if, if one person is always the one who's having to bring up the hard conversations, then it feels a little bit lopsided, you know, that, um, I think that's common. I think that's common for, and maybe it's someone, one person's bringing up hard topics in regard to one area of life and the other person may be doing that in another area. And then if they don't like make sure that they're coming together in both areas, then, then they, that can cause resentment. 
Um, yeah. but it's important to, to acknowledge that, okay, this, this person's you know, a value to me and they're bringing this up because they care about the relationship, um, not because they want to be judgmental about how I spend money or, or force me necessarily into doing something I don't want to do. It's, yeah. you know, they value the relationship and um, that's the spirit in which both people want to come to it from. Well, and I think that that's definitely a discussion you want to have. I think when you initially decide to start combining finances with someone, it's, at least in my perspective, it's an exciting time. It's everything's great. Nothing has gone wrong yet. Your, your budget is perfect because you haven't even started it. <laughs> but I think you need to say, okay, how often are we going to recalibrate this? How often are we going to discuss this? Because yeah, you might oftentimes find that one person feels maybe a little bit more controlling or anxious about that and how it's going. And so maybe they're bringing it up every single day and freaking out and going, oh, we bought Uber Eats today. Now we can't afford the budget. Um, and maybe the other person will then say, oh, well, then why did we do this? This, <laughs> this is stressful. Why, why are we doing this? So I think it's helpful to say, okay, how frequently are we comfortable coming back to this? And maybe that's- What if, what if one person's uh, comfortable, you know, every week and the other person's like, you know, maybe once every couple of years is fine with me. I don't want to deal with it every week. What is your recommendation then? So then I would say you, you guys need to have a compromise. I think if you're hiring a financial advisor, we'll probably nag you at least twice a year at a minimum. So yeah. And that's the <laughs> benefit of have... having the professional because they have, you know, we have systems in place and yeah. it's just like saying, okay, well, let me go get my teeth cleaned or, you know, have a regular physical checkup or have my eyes checked on or dermatology or whatever it might be. I, those are a bunch of medical examinations, maybe get my oil changed on a really periodic basis. And so uh, advisors like us have those kinds of intervals that that make it systemic so you don't fall behind and you, and you continue to address things before they become bigger issues. Um, yeah. Well, and so it can be easy. But you brought up that, that issue of control. I mean, we both have touched on that a little bit, but money can be a, a place where people feel like they either have more control over their life or someone else is trying to control them. And yeah. that's important to, to acknowledge as well. You know, how do you, how do you make sure that you're not not, uh, you know, going into a dark place where the other person, um, you're feeling like the other person's trying to control you. Yeah. Well, and so I think that kind of goes all the way back to the, okay, when you're setting up like your baseline, what is your budget? What are your savings goals? Because, um, that's where you'll see that you'll likely see that control is either in the baseline of what you're going to do with your money or in the, how often it's brought up. And so um, maybe the person who brings it up more or less is the person who feels more or less control, um, but that should be addressed. And then maybe if you have different income amounts, how are you allocating your assets? So does the person who makes more spend more or do you guys spend the same? And does that impact how you view your day-to-day -day, um, control over what you're contributing? But I think the, the more clarity you have on that and the more you can say, I think it's hard to say, hey, I, I feel left out because this is this way or I am hurt because this is this way. But I, I do think that you need to have those conversations. Absolutely. Um, so do I you have, you know, before we sign off, do you have other tips and tricks you think we should talk about? Anything concrete you think we should talk about with regard to you know, 
what's next for someone who's either in a fairly new relationship wanting to make progress that way or someone who's in a long-term relationship and they're wanting to do that recalibration what do you think is next yeah so i i mean i would say let's let's just give you an outline of what to do obviously you want if if you're looking at the significant other or this friend and you're saying okay we we have things in line that I want to keep continuing making progress with you. Is this a, okay, are we living together? Are we um, planning a trip together? Are we planning future goals? Are we planning forever together? Maybe outline what that looks like. That should be your first step is outline what your relationship is. You don't necessarily have to put pen to paper, but um, as both Mike and I would vouch for, usually when you put pen to paper for things, you're more likely to have um, clarity. And it's just things to often work, work out better when you either have a typed or written version. Yeah, and I think that's a good place to start is you know the goals, the joint goals or the separate goals, just people communicating, okay, here's what I want. Here's what I'm, here's what I'm, uh, it may sound selfish, but people all have those kinds of things in their, in their mind, either explicitly or implicitly. Here's what I want out of life. Here's what I'm working toward, either in a long-term or short-term way. And that's a good place to start. Yeah. And then from there, um, look at your clarity of, okay, what is it? What is my budget? What does it cost me to live? What do I need to save to reach those goals? Um, and then from there, decide how you want accounts set up to do those things. So are you setting up a joint savings account, a joint banking account, a credit card account? Um, are you setting up an investment account? Are you sharing a cryptocurrency bank or something? I mean, like what kind of accounts do you need to reach the goals that you have for yourselves? And, and then the last thing I would say, make sure that you have them set up with the correct beneficiaries. So if something were to happen to one of you, and this is probably where Mike would say, maybe you also want to look at maybe a prenup or something as well, but like what, what happens if this doesn't work out? What happens if your roommate isn't your roommate anymore or your boyfriend or girlfriend isn't your significant other anymore. Um, I think that you're not going to go into this thinking that, but you want to base, you want to definitely have that as a discussion for what does it look like? Yeah, I think that's crucial, especially, I mean, again, it's partly about life stage. And if you have, if you have uh, heirs, someone who has been divorced and has children uh, needs to at least consider the issue of a prenuptial more seriously. And, and again, like we said, if you, if there's major differences of assets and liabilities coming, coming into the relationship, uh, but it's, it's important to have that kind of conversation, but even if there isn't kind of a prenuptial or that kind of a serious discussion, you're right. You know, a person needs to say, well, if we're setting up a joint account, let's make sure we have the correct beneficiaries. That's always a crucial thing. You know, how is it owned and who's, who's the potential uh, inheritor of this asset? You know, is it the way I want it to be? So those are structural things um, to make sure that you consider. Anything else? Um, and then obviously you guys can come see us. If you're, if you're look, listening to this podcast and saying, hey, I, this makes sense to me, but I, I need help figuring out how to navigate it, how to set up a budget, how to decide how we want to have our investment strategy, um, how much we need to save for these types of goals, then I would definitely say reach out to an advisor and um, we're always happy to help anyone that wants to listen to our podcast and um, friends of friends. We want to be a service to everyone. Absolutely. Thank you for listening. 
Uh, we're, we're Taylor and I are committed to, to helping you reach your goals or find resources. Uh, if we're not the ones to help you, we want to make sure we're finding you someone who can help you reach your goals. And we appreciate you tuning in. Just a quick reminder, we're in our week number 19 of our 53 week challenge. And we invite you to follow, like, and friend us on our Instagram and Facebook accounts. Just follow along and, and hopefully you're taking advantage of the little bite-sized chunks each week that we've separated things out into just little doable tasks. This week's challenge is to join us for our virtual workshop. We're having a workshop tomorrow night. Uh, it's probably too late. We're already kind of booked, but just as a reminder, we have quarterly uh, workshops. We've been doing them virtually during the pandemic for a while. We're looking forward to later this year, hopefully having them in person, but all of our platforms are saved as Altius Financial. It's typed as all one word. And you should see our logo as a profile picture for Instagram and Facebook. As always, if you have any financial planning and investment questions, comments, thoughts for us, suggestions for, for future podcast episodes or topics, please feel free to reach out directly to either one of us. And you can also check out our website at www.altsfinancial.com. Thanks for joining us and have a happy Friday and a fantastic weekend. Thanks, everyone. Capitalize on your weekend. <laughs> Thank you.